You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with the most visionary humans on this earth in hopes that you'll be able to absorb their wisdom, avoid their failures, and feel less alone on the roller coaster ride that is entrepreneurship. This season, I'll be chatting with creative thinkers, masterful marketers, brick and mortar shop owners, brand builders, and people just like you who have a story to share or a vision that inspires. If I can share one quick secret with you before we get into the episode, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. You know, that spark that nudges us to pursue our full potential in this lifetime. But perhaps somewhere along the line, it got covered up. I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to explore that inner voice and access the brilliance deep down inside of you. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Jesse Chappis is a podcasting OG. He started his first show almost a decade ago, and in 2014, he launched his current chart-topping podcast, The Ultimate Health Podcast. To date, the show has collected over 16 million downloads. Yeah, you heard that right. And their roster of guest interviews in the health and wellness space would make any health nut drool. In this episode, rather than pick Jesse's brain about health, we're pulling the curtains back on how the Ultimate Health Podcast became a global podcast sensation. We'll dive into the secrets of his chart-topping show, the methods he uses for pitching world world-class guests to come on the show, how they partner and land top quality sponsors and the journey of monetizing the Ultimate Health Podcast and so much more. So enjoy this episode with Jesse Chappis and I will see you on the other side for a quick recap. Jesse Chappis, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. Though I've only been connected with you for maybe a few months now, I've actually known your wife, Marnie, for almost a decade, I think. I was looking back in the archives and her and I used to cross paths in the vegan and plant-based circuit, which was, you know, many years ago in Toronto. Um, But today I want to fast forward. You actually host the Ultimate Health Podcast. It is an incredible podcast that I believe you started with Marnie back in 2014, so way in the early days. And now you've recorded almost 400 episodes. You've spoken with some of my personal faves, including Kamal Ravikant, Molly Sims, Gabby Reese, Michael Hyatt, Dr. Will Cole, Dave Asprey, and so many more incredible individuals. So I cannot wait to dive into all things ultimate health and ultimate business with you. Jesse, welcome to the show. Kelsey, it's my pleasure. And thank you for that wonderful intro. Absolutely. So to begin, I want to actually zoom the lens back a bit. So you weren't always a podcaster. You actually spent many years running your own clinic as a chiropractor. So can you give us a brief snapshot of that chapter of your life? Sure. I graduated from chiropractic school back in 2011. And at the time, I probably knew what a podcast was, but I definitely wasn't a big consumer or didn't have any plans of starting my own show. And in 2011, I came back to my hometown, Windsor, Ontario. I went to school for four years uh, in Toronto. And at that time, it wasn't my own practice, but I was part of a a multidisciplinary practice with another chiropractor, an osteopath, massage therapist. It was a whole natural health team. And 
and it was great. I, I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed working with people one-on-one -on -one and helping them feel good and, and seeing the results a lot of times happen pretty quickly and, and seeing them come back in and just feeling better. And, and I always took my time with patients and really got to know my patients and, and tried to instill a lot of other health and wellness principles. Um, but it was, it was probably around 2013 that, um, I got the idea of starting a podcast and that was right around the time Marty and I started to date and, and get more serious. So back at that time though, I started a different show called the ultimate health. What was it called? The ultimate, no, not ultimate something health podcast. I'd have to go back and look in the archives. Um, what was it called? Talk, something talk was in the name. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but I started a show about a year before the ultimate health podcast with a different co-host. We only did about six, seven episodes and it was great. I loved doing it, but it just, it just kind of fizzled out at that point. And Marnie and I started dating, like I mentioned in 2013. And at that time, early on, like right after that show fizzled out, I'd say later in 2013, I started kind of nudging Marnie, like we should start our own show. This would be a lot of fun. Like I really enjoyed doing it. And it took until September, 2014 to convince her and for us to start the ultimate health podcast. So in the beginning, I was for a lot of years, I was doing the podcast and working chiropractic practice at the same time. So and it was, it was still the earliest days in chiropractic practice. So I was doing a lot of building up the practice and, and getting the word out. So it was, it was basically like having two full-time jobs. I was, I was really busy at the time. Marnie and I were long distance. She was living in Toronto and, and I was in Windsor. So we were traveling back and forth on the weekends. And then we started the show. We did all our recordings in the beginning on weekends when we were together and we'd connect with all these great guests from around the world and had a lot of fun. And, and in the beginning, we didn't really know, you know, it was going to turn into a business or what it would grow into, but uh, it's, it's just been, it's just unraveled since then and turned into this beautiful thing. And, and there's more to the story depending on where you want to take it, but we, mm -hmm. we had a lot of fun in the beginning and it just, it grew pretty quickly. So I'm super curious, when you first started your own show back in the early days, the one that you only recorded a few episodes yeah. of, what was it that you loved so much about the medium of podcasting that you decided to add that to your plate on top of being a full-time chiropractor? Like, why did you keep going with it? What was that spark about podcasting that you enjoyed? Right. I think I mentioned back around when I graduated, it probably wasn't that big in a podcast, but I think over a couple of years there... I really got into the medium as a consumer yeah. and I just loved, you know, listening to these conversations like a, a fly on the wall and just, just, you know, hearing two people just express themselves in a really raw form and, and sharing so many nuggets. And I don't know, for me again, yeah, you're going back to the first podcast there. I'm trying to think back to what it was. I just, I just had been in the health and wellness space, consuming a lot of content in the podcast realm, plus on YouTube and, and just really wanted to connect with people and, and, and to, you know, pick their brains and, and get that out there. So mm -hmm. I, I was in love with the medium and I just wanted to dive in and give it a whirl. And, and I loved it right away. 
I think that's a, a really cool thing to reflect on for a second because it's oftentimes the things that we spend the most time consuming that we're actually meant to be bringing to life, right? I know for myself, it's the same story. I spent hours every single day um, back in like 2010, 2011, 2012, consuming podcasts. And one day it dawned on me, hey, maybe I could do this even better than the shows that I'm listening to. And it was like, well, I'm spending all this time consuming them. Why don't I add my own to the mix? So I think that's kind of a good lesson. You got to follow those nudges. And if you're constantly watching YouTube videos, maybe there's a part of you, if you're listening right now, that could start your own channel and maybe following those cues of where you're spending your time uh, if you're feeling stuck and wanting to launch that next passion project. So I think that's really awesome. And you also mentioned you wanted to connect with people. Um, It's such a cool medium to be able to sit down with people who you admire or people who have knowledge that you don't. And not only to keep that conversation selfishly, but then to share it with the world is pretty special, right? And part of that too is preparing for the interviews. A lot of the time, the people I'm interviewing have books. So I'm spending the week leading up to that interview, reading a book, diving into other podcast interviews they've done, YouTube videos, TED Talks, things like that. So I really love the learning aspect that happens during the conversation as it's unraveling, but leading up to it, there's a whole lot of learning that goes on with things that I would normally dig into anyway. So I'm just so passionate about the health and wellness subject. And and mm-hmm. that's, that's what I like spending my time doing. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's kind of like you still hold the same vision as when you were a chiropractor? Like you wanted to see people get healthier and now you're almost just doing that in a more scalable way? That's a really interesting point you bring up. And and that is true. I would say that part of, part of my, not frustration, but part of what I realized being in chiropractic practice was that the way I practiced, I was spending a half hour with each of my patients and, and really taking my time. And, and I mean, say you're working eight hours a day and, and seeing two patients an hour, like it really isn't that scalable. It's a different kind of connection, but it's, it's not scalable to the level that I knew I wanted to do. And I guess those early years of starting the podcast and having that overlap with chiropractic practice and just seeing the reach of the show and and reaching people and and on a different level but reaching such a larger mass of people there there was that was part of my driving factor too to continue to focus more on the show and and to you know grow that mm-hmm I actually think that's a a similar sentiment for a lot of practitioners in the sense that they reach this point in their business where they're like, okay, I'm maxed out for time, but I still have that heart for serving others. So I don't want to like completely quit and just like, you know, go live on a deserted island. But it's thinking like, how can I now scale the impact while holding the vision of helping people get better, feel better, holding that true, but thinking of what are other avenues, whether it's a book, a podcast, or, you know, nowadays an online course thinking like, where can I channel those efforts and think about the scale? So I think that's really cool that you shared that. Um, When you started your first podcast and with the podcast with Marnie, the Ultimate Health Podcast, did you know anything about podcasting? Did you have formal training? Did you take courses? Or how did you figure this whole world out? For me, I had that little bit of experience a year before working on that other show. But it was all self-taught for me, really. I, I had no background, no training in any of this. 
it was listening to other podcasts and watching YouTube videos and slowly leading up to, I guess, the first show, just picking up different tidbits of what I would need to do and what I would need hardware wise to, to start. And the other thing too, I mean, it's, it's been such an evolution since that beginning and things have been slowly upgraded and, and fine tuned over the years. So just getting started, I remember with the original show, it was called health talk podcast. There we go. Finally there we got go. the name. <laughs> um, I was using like one of those, those headset mics and it was just like a Logitech one. And, and again, those are fine for when you're starting out, but I just got started with the knowledge I had and then was passionate about as I'm preparing for these interviews, doing the interviews, allocating a certain amount of time each week to learn about the podcasting space in and of itself and different equipment and different there, as you know, as somebody who has a show, it's, there's a lot to this, like, where are you going to host your media files? How do you, uh, social media, how do you get a website going? And there's just so many different pieces to having a show. It was, it was just get started and then learn more as I go. Quick break to talk about healthy planet. If you are ready to conquer your own ultimate health, then Healthy Planet is certainly going to come in handy in your routine. So Healthy Planet is your one-stop shop for all of your natural health and supplement needs. I have been shopping there for the better part of five years, and that's why I'm so grateful to have Healthy Planet as a sponsor. You can shop by department, dietary need, or even just check their sale rack. It's such an efficient way to ensure you're stocked up on all your favorite health goods, natural beauty and supplements all of the time and they ship straight to your doorstep so when you're shopping at healthyplanetcanada.com be sure to use the code visionary10 at checkout and you're going to save 10 percent on any online order over 49 dollars. so again use the code visionary10 visionary10 at checkout and you will save 10 percent on any online order that's the amazing thing about living in the day and age that we do is that this whole self-teaching ability is so prominent. Like you can choose any subject matter that you are curious about. And instead of needing to wait to enroll in school, a lot of these creative um, and entrepreneurial kind of channels, like you can go teach that to yourself. And, you know, formal education definitely serves a place, but I think it's cool to hear your story that you didn't have formal training in podcasting, but you committed to the craft. And you said, I'm going to watch those who have gone before me, study their interview style and where they're hosting their show. And and just dive in and know that it's not going to be perfect right away. In fact, I don't think you ever arrive as like, you know, the expert or master podcaster because things are always shifting. So as long as you're willing to keep learning and evolving and growing, then, you know, it's absolutely possible for somebody listening who wants to start a podcast, dive in and, you know, start self-teaching using the resources available to you. It's so true, the learning, how it continues, even to this day, where I say this all the time, even if I go 20, 30 episodes back from where I am today, the evol I can, I mean, I don't know if the audience can, can hear it or see it, but the evolution happens that quickly. It's like, I know half a year from now, when I go back and listen to what I'm recording today, I'm going to see a lot of things that I've improved upon and, and evolved because this is my craft now that this is what I've chosen to do. And I do spend a lot of my time honing that craft 
in and outside learning about, like I was talking about before you, I learned a lot about health because that's the subject of the show. And that's, that's what my passion was to get me involved in this. But I also have a big passion talking about the art of podcasting. And that's why I love coming on and talking. I love talking about health, but I love coming on shows like yours and talking about business and, and how the show grew because I love entrepreneurship and, and, and that's a whole realm of, of study that, that I immerse myself in. Mm-hmm. So when you first started the Ultimate Health Podcast with Marnie, were you still practicing as a chiropractor? And second part to that question, did you have intentions then to make Ultimate Health your full-time income? Where was your mindset at? Well, I think I'll start with the second part of that first. And in the beginning, I don't think I thought this could be a career maybe like a side income to kind of supplement other things we're doing, but I never assumed I could get, we could get to this point where it's actually what we do. And in the beginning, yes, I was, I was in chiropractic practice during the day and doing a lot of the work on the show at night. And I would be in between patients when I had breaks and stuff, I would be in the office. I would, I would close my office door and I would be working on the show in between patients. And yeah, it was it was it was a busy time and, and and a different time because now I'm in a whole different uh area of my life. Like I have a young daughter and and you know my time is is more precious than it was. But that time when Marnie and I met six years ago or whatever it was, like, what are we six, seven years ago, you know, we were we didn't have kids and we we're just starting to date and we could go all in on on growing this business on the side mm-hmm. and and we definitely did we took it seriously like we we did the best we could at the time throughout the growth of the show so yeah it was it was busy i was i was working all day and then i would bring patient files home work on those at night and then and then dig into the show after that and and continue to perv- do whatever the best i could at the time That dedication certainly paid off because today your show has over 16 million downloads, which is mind boggling. Uh, But I think it's important to remind the listeners that you started with zero downloads, right? Like going back to that, we can look at that big shiny number and be like, oh my gosh, like incredible. How did you do it? But it's also positioning it against you did start at zero, just like everybody else does. So I want to ask you, what do you attribute some of the early success of your show to? You said you showed up, worked hard, kind of gave it all you had. Was there anything else about the show that you feel like made it stand out among the competition? Well, first thing I'll point out is back in 2014, the podcast landscape was totally different than where we are today. There was far fewer shows. It was easy to get to the top of the charts in Apple comparatively. And um, yeah, totally different landscape. So hard to compare to 2021. But what Marnie and I did, well, for one, I think Marnie is a nutritionist and me being a chiropractor, we had a good background in health and wellness. So we, we knew the ins and outs and we could, you know, converse on the subject and, and, you know, we, we had that baseline understanding that foundation, which I think was important. Plus it gave us credibility too. Yeah. And we had a lot of connections in the health and wellness space. And that was a big part of it too, because I'd been blogging for a number of years, forming connections, forming a small audience online. And Marnie had been, forming 
a really big audience relatively um she was she was in the plant-based world at the time and, and things have evolved since then when we met i was in that world too yeah um me too <laughs> were you okay used but, to be <laughs> um and that's part of what brought us together we were both passionate about health and wellness and we were both vegan vegetarian at the time and into raw foods and we really bonded over that and had a lot of um and still do a lot of uh foundational philosophy that were in line with each other um i kind of lost my thought there we're oh, oh but we'll, our our edge yeah yeah so we would use our connections as people we could interview early on so especially Marnie, she had a lot of connections. So we would interview people that we were colleagues with that maybe would have come on the podcast, you know, if we were just, if we were quote unquote, nobodies. So we had that foundation built years prior and we leveraged those relationships and, and did, you know, again, did the best we could and created great content that we knew how to create at the time. And when we had those names as part of our library, we could leverage those names when we reached out to other guests that we didn't have connections with. So that that was a big part. And that's something I do even till today. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's st- a lot of different ways and we can get into this if you want, but how I connect with different guests and the team connects with different guests. But I, I we, we do leverage a lot of the, the names that we've had over the years on the show and, and, you know, I'm I'm positive that helps us get a lot of great guests. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to think about the fact that while you are lifting others up and sharing their story simultaneously, you get to grow your own business. And I think there's a, an analogy called shine theory. And it's exactly that. Like by the more people you help to find success, the more success you have. And I think that's kind of what an interview style podcast is. Like you're spotlighting other talent, but in the process, you get to still do what you love. And, you know, the more awesome people you help to share their story, the more successful. And in this case, the more downloads you get. So it's kind of a, a cool medium that way. Was I there? Think sorry to interrupt, but I think there's so much synergy within podcasting. I was just actually thinking about this earlier today, where the way the business model for us is set up is that we're working with sponsors, we have affiliates, and what we're doing, at least in in our case, Marty and I, we're only working with companies that we love and we already use. So we're vetting out, you know, great products, great companies for the listeners. They benefit in that way. Plus there's often a discount that the listener gets. And then if they buy through our link, we end up getting, you know, some affiliate commission depending on the relationship there. And like you said, there's this, this building up of, of the interviewer and interviewee where I'm providing an hour, hour and a half spotlight on the guest and highlighting maybe their new book or, or a new program or just or just their story. And and then oftentimes they'll help with the synergy in, in sharing that episode out to their audience when it goes live to reach new people. And then the synergy of the listeners where they're sharing because they're, you know, transforming their health and getting excited. So they want to share with other people in their lives. And that ripples out, they want to share. And then again, I can't really think of I'm so grateful because I can't really think of any negativity built within the system. It's like, it's like this feedback loop where everything is, is going in motion in a positive direction. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm, I'm super grateful to be part of that. 
And it all starts with you taking the leap and saying, you know what, hopefully somebody cares about what we have to say. And hopefully there are guests who will want to feature their story. And it's a reminder that all of us have this ability to start that blog or an Instagram account or start writing articles for a local paper where you're lifting others up or sharing things that you genuinely love and watch, as you call it, that feedback loop where people are like, oh, wow, I loved your recommendation. And then the brand reaches out to you and they're like, hey, you talk about us a lot. Maybe we should set up some sort of affiliate. So it's really cool when people are able to kind of grow confident enough to say, I think I have something to say or something to share. And I want to curate that in a way that listeners or readers can actually benefit from it. And hey, you've been able to turn it into a business. So, you know, that's maybe where a lot of people see um, themselves going, which is great. And I just think we're in such a unique time right now, too, with the internet and, you know, relatively speaking, still the early days where things are just unraveling and, and everything's changing so quickly where like me and you right now, we're not even in the same city, we're connecting and, and you know, there's a pandemic going on right now specifically and, and we wouldn't be able to connect face to face and we can still continue to do our job and spread our message given the media. And I just think it's such a beautiful time where we can connect with people. And I know you must see this too with people all around the world. Like we have a significant audience in Australia, over in the UK, like right across the whole world. So it's, it's like, it's such a special time. And again, the gratitude comes in with feeling like just my timing with when I graduated and where everything was. And, and yeah, it's just like, why not do it if you're excited about it? I'm sure the listeners are dying to know, like, how long does it take to be able to monetize a podcast or to create a following large enough to get brand sponsorships or get brand affiliates? So do you want to take us back to when that tipping point for you was that you're like, all right, we've got something here. We're going to start working with sponsors, affiliates. Give us a, a sneak peek into that time. Yeah, in I'd your love podcast. to talk about that. Yeah. So for us, and I want to be totally transparent. Part of our story again is having a relationship that was pre-built before the show. Yeah. So our first sponsor was Sun Warrior, who has vegan plant-based lineup of products, and their flagship product is an incredible protein powder. And it was about 50 episodes in before I think we approached them. And because Marnie had that relationship beforehand and she was an ambassador for the company. I think that got us in relatively early because we didn't have a crazy number of downloads at that point. The show was, it was growing and it was doing well considering, but we reached out to them and, and at that time they didn't have any other podcasts they'd work with. It was, it was the wild, wild west for them figuring out what this would look like. And for us too. And, you know, we formed that relationship and, and, we're still, we're on kind of a pause right now, but that relationship has gone forward till the end of 2020. And we're still figuring out if we can, you know, figure something out for this year and beyond. But it was a long-term relationship that we started, you know, like five years ago. Um, so we weren't, and again, we weren't making crazy money or anything, but it was significant. And I would say it might've been a year later after that, that we started bringing on other sponsors. So, a couple of years total into the show where we, I think we brought on a couple more sponsors at that time. Mm -hmm. And then since then, it's just, you know, as, as time goes on, 
we've we've been very lucky and we've had a lot of partners reach out to us and want to work with us. We reach out to partners as well. And a lot of those relationships like Sunware are long-term relationships. So when we form them, like there is, like we talked about before, that mutual benefit. So it's not like we're we're out looking for new sponsors all the time, at least not for our show. I can only speak for our show, but it's like we have deep relationships with a lot of the the companies we work with and and um yeah it's a beautiful thing yeah i think it's great that um you share very candidly it took time like you didn't start a show looking to monetize it and i think that that's maybe a mentality that has people quitting on themselves really early because if they're not making hundreds of dollars from the moment they launch their show they're like oh well what's it all for but this is not an instant gratification world. And like you said, you even came to this, both you and Marnie, with existing audiences, which again, it, it takes time to build a strong audience and people who care about your message. So, I mean, for anyone listening who wants to start any sort of movement eventually, it's never too early to start rallying your troops around you and building those communities of people, whether it's just starting a Facebook group or starting to, you know, collect people on Instagram, but you can't devalue um, the strength of a community when you launch something new who can kind of be those early supporters, right? Yeah. Um, so in those like first year, two years, three years of the show, what do you feel like were some of the most impactful promotional efforts? How were you getting the show in front of people in Australia, New Zealand, UK? Um, what worked? Yeah, another good question. I would say a lot of different things. It wasn't like we had a magic bullet, but we just, well, number one is that we created a show we are proud of and that we assume that when people found it and started listening, they would want to subscribe and continue to listen to it. And that goes through until today. That is something I keep top of mind all the time where, you know, you can spend hundreds, you know, thousands of dollars on ads and get anybody can do that and bring people to the show. But if the show isn't good, they're going to, it's going to, it's like having a bucket with holes in it. They're going to come, but it's just going to flow right out and you're going to lose the people. So Mm -hmm. The number one thing I would say is just to create amazing content that you're proud of and you're putting everything into. And again, that's, it all comes back to the show. Like if, if I'm only have so much time during the week and, and I can't necessarily post on Instagram or do something fancy and new with the newsletter, like those are bonuses to me. To me, it's like the show is everything, create awesome content and regularly. We were consistent since the beginning too. That's another thing. We've released at least one show a week since the beginning. The first year when the show was still in its infancy and we weren't taking it as seriously, but still seriously, we took like one week off around the holidays. But other than that, we've created a show at least every week. And, And yeah, so consistency, creating something amazing that you're proud of and yeah, we, we've had a website, like our own website. I know a lot of podcasters don't do that. So we've, we've been able to have like SEO and, and people find us through Google. Mm-hmm. We've done very little advertising. We tried a couple different things over the years, but I, I don't find any significant difference with that. And we've built like our social media platforms and use those. And, and I would say the biggest thing with those for us is just having the community where we can interact with the listeners 
and um, you know, hear from the listeners and, and, and share and connect. And we also have a Facebook community that we do that in as well. But I don't think, I don't think social media was a big part of our, our growth. It was part of it. All of it's part of it, but it wasn't a huge part of it. It was just, again, creating a show that people would tell other people about. So it's like, we hear it all the time. I, I've been listening to your show for years and I've, I've shared it with numerous people. And, and I think that'll always be the biggest thing. Just, just having people that are true fans of your work that are going to spread the word for you. It's so true because I've seen statistics before that say Facebook ads convert at 0.01769, whatever percent, less than 1%. Yet word of mouth tends to convert at like 60, 70%, right? When your friend tells you about a restaurant they just went to or a podcast they just listened to, you are probably going to go home, grab your phone and download the podcast, or you're going to go to the restaurant on Friday night when you and your partner are like, where do you want to eat tonight? Because it's very top of mind. But yet, if you had just been targeted with an ad, it probably went in your consciousness and out, or it didn't even hit you, right? And we forget the power of word of mouth. If you deliver an epic experience, you create an amazing podcast, you amaze somebody when they're dining at your restaurant, you're going to have an insane return on investment just from word of mouth. So I love that you say it starts with content. Like you can't have a terrible show, but then put thousands of dollars into Facebook ads and say, okay, my job's done. It just, it doesn't work like that. I think the foundation is have epic content, at least that you're proud of, right? That's different for everybody, but you have to be, you know, convinced that you have something great to share. And we only have so many resources when it comes to finances, paying for ads, um, or our time. I mean, you could spend all kinds of time getting into Facebook ads and learning how that works. And then that's going to continue to change over time. You're going to have to continue to learn that and invest time in that. But it's like, for me, I've always said, okay, I'll, I'll learn that to a level. So I at least understand it, but I'm going to take that time and then watch people that I think are great interviewers and, and learn how to be better at my craft. Cause again, comes back to word of mouth, which is, which is free. So you've mentioned a few times, like you only have so much time in the day and there's all these things that you could be doing or should be doing, or that go into the production of a podcast. I'm wondering, do you still take on all of these tasks or have you outsourced any part of this podcast production process and asked for help from team members? Yeah. In the very beginning, it was just Marnie and I, and Marnie, you know, she would come on and do all the shows, but I was doing all the back end stuff. She would help with social media, the newsletter, but like learning the hardware, uh, getting the website up and going, um, you know, posting the episode every week. We were doing it all. And that went on for a long time. I think it was until about episode 150. And then we hired on somebody to do the audio editing. And that was, that was hard at the time because I was so, it was so ingrained in me to like do all the work and, and I knew I was going to do it with 110% and, and it was hard to let go and trust somebody else. But, you know, you get to a certain point and you kind of have to. So when I let that go and, and saw the work quality that was ended up being better than the work I could do. Um, I started to, you know, learn a valuable lesson there and loosen the reins. And, um, we hired on 
we've been working with, we have an assistant on the team now who helps um, part-time, but still a significant amount of time. She's been with us now for maybe three years. And um, we have like a freelancing person that we do like graphic work and, and stuff with too. And recently we hired somebody on just to deal with all the video editing. And this is a new whole part of the show for us. We weren't doing video until it's only been the last like three episodes, but we're, we're going, we're committing 2021. Every episode now it's going to be video to go on YouTube. And, um, we have a separate person now who is, that's their total role and they're editing all the episodes on video. And I think that's it. Marnie still does like Marnie hasn't been part of the show, uh, formally for probably about a year, but for half a year before that, she had slowly started to phase herself out as, as we, um, you know, we got pregnant and, and she got closer and closer to the due date. Um, but she actually spun off now and has her own podcast. That's all about, it's the ultimate baby podcast. So that's her passion now. And she's always known it was going to be a real passion of hers becoming a mom and, and learning all that. So what she's done, which is just amazing is, is pivoted off our show and uh, went full steam in this new passion of hers and just still continues to share all the health and wellness information, but to a, a more niche audience. So that's been really cool to see her evolution and see her passion actually increase because she's so into what she's talking about now. And she's so into her mom role and she's just such an amazing mom. It's such a beautiful thing to see. And so yeah, no, it's, I forget where I was again, but we just, um, your team, like you're yeah, not team. doing so this Marnie's alone. Still, Marnie's <laughs> still part of that too, though. She'll like work on the newsletter and she'll do a lot of the social media. Cause to be honest, that's not my favorite thing to do. I like connecting with people, but I'm not a big fan of like posting regularly and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, we have a, we have a team now and, and it's, it definitely takes a team to get to the point we're at now because, yeah, I'm not even before I was doing it all as a chiropractor and and I was redlining and it wasn't a sustainable thing, but it needed to happen that way because the show wasn't generating revenue in the beginning. So it was like, it's hard to, you know, pull from my other job to pay for, for starting something that's not making any money. So I had to do it. And mm-hmm. luckily we got to a point, I guess it would be about three years in where we could hire somebody and it's it's been great. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a slow process, right? Like you didn't start with the full team. You figured out a lot of things yourself and obviously realized you had to release control at a certain point. And I love that you pointed out that you hired somebody who could actually do the job you were holding on to better than you. And that's always the case, I find. Like there are experts in every craft, yet in my own business, I feel like I have to hold control of everything, but it's like, wait, 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 somebody else dedicates their whole life's purpose to this. So, you know, they can probably do it 10 times better than I can try to figure it out. So it's definitely a good lesson. And I think we all learn it at different stages, but, um, you know, it it probably wouldn't have even been possible for Marnie to launch her own podcast. If you guys didn't have help, right. You need to build that community of people who can help raise this vision, which is so big. And I'm sure it's growing year by year right yeah it's it's i would recommend to people to maybe take something that is a smaller task that they're not like for me i give up the editing because i don't know we just we found the right person but for somebody like me that likes to have the control there's probably people out there that don't have that same need to control but 
just that's my personality type and i find like i like to have you know just have my fingerprints on everything that's that's going out but um yeah if you start with something small something you can monitor in the beginning and see that the quality is there and build that confidence like i did in the beginning it's 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 essential either you're gonna end up burning out or you're not going to be able to grow if you don't you don't take those people on one of the main components of having a successful interview podcast is getting the right guest, right? And like I mentioned at the beginning, you've had such a variety of really high caliber guests, um, you know, people who are household names, who we've read their books, we've tuned into their um, podcast. So I'm very curious, what is your process for getting this amazing talent on the show? Are they reaching out to you? Are you pitching them? Um, can you share some behind the scenes secrets of how that works? Well, in the beginning, it was definitely us pitching them or bugging them. Um, but, you know, the place we're at now, it, well, I'll kind of go through the steps. In the beginning, yeah, we were really reaching out to people, leveraging those those early names of people that we interviewed, that we knew that we could get on the show earlier on. And um, just for me, forming like short to the point emails and leveraging a lot of those names that have been on the show was key for, you know, after we had had a lot of great guests on, but still in the earlier phases. And then over the years, a big part of, of finding new guests at this point is like a lot of book publishing companies. I've worked, we've worked with a lot of them over the years and have great relationships with like, you know, Penguin, Random House, Hay House. So again, the synergy where they're looking to get their authors in front of a big audience. I'm looking for great guests of topics I'm interested in learning about and sharing. So it's like, we have this, we have these great relationships with a lot of different publishing houses and they they'll constantly let us know who's got books up and coming and, and they even send us the books, which is great. And that's been a big part of it. Just having that, that synergy between uh, book publishing companies. And then we're at the point now where, yeah, the show has gone to a really significant large size. So a lot of people, we just get pitch guests too, that are, I mean, we get pitched a lot, a lot of guests, but guests that we're interested in interviewing, there's there's quite a few of those in the mix too, just because again, it, the whole, a big theme of what we're talking about, it takes time. We've, we've put in six and a half years now and we do have a show that we've been working hard on. So we're getting pitched now. We're still reaching out to people pitching. Um, and then, and then the publishing houses that, you know, help us connect with a lot of amazing authors and yeah. I'm sure you've been asked this many times, but is there a dream guest that you'd love to have on the Ultimate Health Podcast that you haven't been able to get a hold of yet? I would say the first couple people that come to mind when you ask that are Tim Ferriss and uh, Tony Robbins. Nice. And, and I feel like down the line, it'll happen. It's just part of getting a great guest is waiting for the right time and being persistent. A lot of the guests that you know we've had on the show I might have pursued them or we pursued them for years. Um, it's it's all about letting them know of the interest of having them on the show and then waiting for the right time. And often the right time is when they do have a book or a program coming out. So, you know, I, I've connected with Tim's team. I've connected with 
Tony's team. And I know, I don't know, but I'm feeling pretty confident that when the right opportunity comes up and they have a new book or something that that, that synergy again, will be there where I can help them. They can help me and I can have a conversation that have been waiting years to, to happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, it's important to recognize that timing is everything, right? Like you want to make sure you capture them at a time that's actually beneficial for them. Like much as you may want them on your show, uh, cause it's obviously going to bring a ton of new interest to the ultimate health podcast. It's almost better to wait until they're excited to come on because they have something to promote. So it's that patience knowing that you're right. When the time is right, they will come on. And I love that you're manifesting uh, both of those guests. And I would love to tune into those episodes. So that's very exciting. Well, part of it, too, is I think a lot of people are probably I can't say I think. I've never been intimidated about reaching out to people that I want to have on the show. Like the biggest names you can imagine, I've probably reached out to them. And, and a lot of them have been on the show. It's like, don't underestimate, you know, your value and who you are just because you look up to somebody and they're a big name in the public eye. I mean, you, who knows how many people are actually pitching them. If everybody's thinking I can't get that guest on the show, it's like, be one of the people that reaches out and makes it happen. And I've always had that mentality and, and not been intimidated to, to go after the guests that I, I really want. I'm sure it serves you well. So that's an awesome mentality to have. Something you're always looking for is ways to improve the show by 1%. So that's your words. Uh, what do you mean by this? So for me, it's like, I'm always looking to do better. And I realized, like we talked about before, there's, there's, when I said, like looking back at interviews, even 30 interviews ago, there's going to be significant changes and things I've improved upon. So you can take that in a lot of different realms. You can look at hardware, like there's only so many things you can do to improve your show. And for me, it's like, I, early on, I, I didn't have the greatest equipment I talked about earlier. Then we, sh- we started the ultimate health podcast. I had better equipment, but it still wasn't that great. And then we got to a point when the show was, was doing well. And, and basically now we've upgraded our microphones, all our, all our equipment is top notch. And it again, took years to get that way, but it's like, okay, we've, we've checked that box now. That's, that's, that's something in our control. And something we had waited to the right time and, and gotten to that point of, of improvement. But it, did, it wasn't like all of a sudden I just sold all the other equipment and bought new stuff. The 1% thing is like one thing at a time. Continue to learn in that realm of your passion. And, and it might just be as simple as like some new cable or something like that. Like continue to evolve your process and continue to, to bring things in that are going to make it better and better over time. And then again, this has been six years. So you can look back at six years and, and it's a significant, huge difference, but it happened in small ways. And, and even with the team, I tell the team we work with the same thing. It's like, it could be maybe the angle of lighting for video or, or yeah, the smallest things are changing. Yeah. Like, the type of light bulb that we have in the ceiling. It's like, okay, that was what's looking a little yellow. It's like, there's so many areas. It's just looking for those small things day in, day out and having the team look for them as well, that you can, you can pick up and, and add them to your arsenal. 
that's like the true entrepreneurial mindset. It's like, you know, you're never just going to be coasting necessarily. It's that hunger to always get better and to always improve, knowing that it's a gradual process, but all of those micro improvements, they really do compound over time. And that's what sets your show apart from, you know, the person who's creating the show and maybe is just kind of on autopilot and like, eh, here we go. Another episode, right? Like we have to have that hunger as business owners and as podcasters to continually get better because the world is always changing and the mediums and the equipment are always evolving too. So having that curiosity, I think is uh, a really awesome uh, character trait to have. Thank you. And I think a big part of that too comes from my genuine passion for what I do. Like I truly love podcasting. It's not hard for me to get sucked in and, and want to continue to learn about the medium. And again, coming back to what I said before, it's kind of like there's two different silos. It's like learning about podcasting in and of itself and then learning about health and wellness, which is the direction of the show. And for me, I have a love, love, love for both of those. So it makes it so easy. The challenge I have is like pulling away from that and, and you know, finding the right balance. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, something I've played with a lot over the years and feel like, you know, I'm in a good spot, but I have to keep working at it. I don't know if it'll ever be like, I've reached it. I have the ultimate schedule because every week is different. Every guest requires a different amount of preparation. Maybe a certain guest has two books I want to read to prepare for them. And then they have all this other content, like, and then the next guest might be, they have a documentary and I'll watch that. And it won't be as much in-depth prep work. Like it's, it's a constant, it's, it's always different. And, and for me again, I think one of my big strengths is just that genuine passion and and love for what I do. And, and, you know, a lot of people that get into podcasting, I think have a lot of different, um, a lot of different aspects to their business. And for me, a big part of success too, I think has been like, this is what I do. I'm a podcaster and, and labeling myself that because you know, I'm not, I'm not just doing this as a side thing to like try and bring some more people in to sell them something that I have on my website. Like I don't even, we have an ebook for like 10 bucks on our website. That's the only thing. And, and Marnie put her heart and soul into it. And it's beautiful. And we're proud of it, but we're not, we're not, you know, we're in this for the art of podcasting. We're, we're there's a true love there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're focused on your craft and you stay in your lane, which I think is really neat in a world that will try to pull you in a million different directions. Aside from adding video and YouTube to the show this year, are there any other evolutions or trends that you've been watching that you'd like to incorporate into this season or next year of the Ultimate Health Podcast? Hmm. Not that I can think of because YouTube is so new for us and there's so much more to learn in that realm. And again, focus being like my number one keyword of, of running the business. I really want to make sure that I learn the ins and outs of that and do a great job with video and figure out lighting and figure out all the different things in that realm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really see, that, that was a huge evolution for us and one that took a long time to get to. So I foresee us just continuing to go all in on, on the audio and the video and um, just keep doing what we're doing because it's working and I'm loving it. And it's like, I don't want to break what's working. 
Here's my last fun random question for you. If you got offered $100 million to go Spotify exclusive, <laughs> no, let's say $1 million to go Spotify exclusive, would you do it? Do you see the value in just being on Spotify? I think, well, to answer that question, no, I wouldn't do it. Um, I think, you know, for the right amount of money, it's not, it, it, of course, it's not about money. You can tell just by listening to me, like it's yeah, money's yeah. part of it because it needs to be, but it's not about money for me. Yeah. Um, and Spotify just being on that one platform is going to be limiting. I mean, you're going to already segment your audience to, you know, one tenth maybe of what it could be. Um, you know, I think for the right of amount of money for the right person, sure. But for me, no. I, I'm all about reaching as many people as I can and, and, and spreading the message. And, and to me, that would just segment, segment the audience too much. And, and, and I'm in it for the long haul. This is like something I'm wanting to do for, you know, as my craft for, for my life. And I, I wouldn't, I'm not gonna, we've never with any of the brands we've worked with, we, we have so many opportunities to work with different brands and, and, you know, if one little ingredient in something doesn't line up or one little part of the philosophy, it's like, no, we, we've always been so true and pure to what we know is right. And, and we're, we're just, it's all about the art. It's not for us about the money. Although that is definitely, I'm not going to lie, a piece of, we're lucky enough to be able to do this and pay for living our life, which is amazing and pay for putting food on the table. And, and it's, it's. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. And it, it's awesome to hear that, you know, you're not going to compromise on that vision of getting this information and getting this incredible content out to everybody who needs it and who every, everybody who can benefit from it. So I think it's a true testament to the strength of that vision that yourself and that Marnie had in the early days when you first created this podcast. So it's pretty awesome. So if somebody wants to tune into the show, if they want to learn more about you, about your family, where's the best place for them to go? I would say, I mean, you're listening or watching a podcast now, so you can come check us out on YouTube, check us out on whatever medium you're listening to this show, the ultimate health podcast. And we're putting out something new for 2021 is we're actually doing a fifth episode per month, which is, so the last Thursday of each month, we're going to put out uh, an additional episode beyond the every Tuesday release which doesn't sound like a lot, but as a fellow podcaster, you know what that means. Like that's, that's a significant amount of work to book another guest and to prepare for another interview and to, to do all, even with a team, that's, that's a lot. So we're excited about that. And yeah, check us. The other platform that we put a lot of effort into is our Instagram, our Facebook group, but, um, come check out the show. I think, uh, if you're into health and wellness, you're going to love it and um, come be part of the tribe. That's awesome. I will link all of that in the show notes. And I was just actually tuning in yesterday on a drive uh, about an hour from where I live to the Andy Hanneman podcast. And I had no idea who she was. And I just thought, you know, the way in which you conversed with her, she was so casual and like, 
I don't even know about this business. I just loved listening to that conversation. I felt like a fly on the wall between you and her. And it's just so wonderful um, to sometimes just feel less alone when you're listening to a conversation like yours. Um, So I really uh, am grateful for all that you do in adding some incredible content to the crowded podcast world. But I, I can truly say to the listener that your content does shine in a different way and it stands out from the masses. So congrats on all your success so far. And we can't wait to see all of the incredible guests that you're going to share with us in 2021. So thank you so much, Jesse. That means a lot, Kelsey. Thank you so much. That's it for my episode with Jesse, host extraordinaire of the Ultimate Health Podcast. I want to take a few more moments to reflect back on some of the lessons from this episode. So first thing, when it comes to launching a podcast, if that's you, make sure that monetization isn't the only goal. There's so much heart and soul that needs to go into a show and monetization is definitely a byproduct, but shouldn't be the initial and only consideration. It took the Ultimate Health Podcast many years to get their roster of sponsors, and it's worth noting that they didn't rush the process. The second thing I want to double tap on is that quality content that excites you is the most important factor in producing a top ranked podcast. If you're not excited about your own product, your followers won't be either. They can literally hear it in your voice. So make sure you invest your time producing something that you love and that you look forward to nurturing. This is truly like a baby, right? Your podcast will become your baby. So nurture it, nurture it slowly and make sure you you love it. And the third thing that I want to double tap on is that if you're feeling bored, uninspired, or like you've hit a wall in your life, maybe try to follow your curiosities and notice where you're spending most of your free time. You know, if you're constantly watching YouTube videos about crafting, or maybe you read all the literature on keto diets, there's something there for you to explore. So I think one of the best ways to uncover your next passion is to really follow those micro curiosities and just paying attention to where you devote your time in a day. So that's it for my episode with Jesse Chappis, co-host and now actually the host of the Ultimate Health Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you could please take a moment to leave us a review or a rating on iTunes, we would so appreciate it. So thank you. And I will see you all next week. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So it would mean so much to me if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. I'll catch you in the next episode. P.S. Whenever you're ready, there's a couple of ways that I can support you. So first thing, if you're ready to make your first or next $50,000 in business, explore how the Visionary Method Business Coaching Experience can accelerate your growth. There'll be a link in the show notes. Also, if you're feeling lost, confused, or overwhelmed when it comes to starting an online business, reach out and book a free revision call with me. I'll offer you customized recommendations on how to get unstuck so you can live a life filled with joy, happiness, and fulfillment.